Hey there, you're listening to the Aligned Women Podcast, the original podcast for women in chiropractic. If doing all the things you were told to do to grow your practice have left you overwhelmed and exhausted, you're in the right place. I'm Dr. Danielle Eaton, the founder of Aligned Women. We help women in chiropractic who are just like you to grow profitable practices without sacrificing being present with your family. If you're done with spinal screenings and health fears, want more time freedom, more money in your bank account, and a practice that you love without sacrificing your health, be sure to grab the Aligned Chiropractors Survival Guide at AlignedChiroSurvivalGuide.com. Now, sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy today's episode. Hey there, welcome to episode 167 of the Aligned Women Podcast. In today's episode, I am sharing an interview with my friend, Dr. Ashley Abs from the summer of 2019. As you head into listening to this interview with Ashley, I want you to listen to this through the lens of what is happening in your real life right now. If you are here listening to this podcast and you have children who are returning to school or you're, you've decided to homeschool instead of send your child back to public or private school, or you might really at this moment still be uncertain or undecided about what the school year ahead will look like for your family, take a listen to this episode through that lens. Because one of the things that is very likely keeping you stuck and not allowing you to make a decision that feels like the right decision for you and for your family is your fear of what will happen to your practice if you're not working all the time, if you're not putting in all those hours, if you're not seeing hundreds of patients. And Ashley and I both share in this episode how that belief that we had of what the traditional successful practice looks like, how that attachment to that expectation was hurting us. It was hurting our health ultimately and how we each arrived at a place where it was no longer okay. It was like no longer okay. And Ashley shares a bit about what it looked like for her to really shift her practice from the high volume type of practice that she had been working to build and was building to a different model that allows her much more time freedom and flexibility without sacrificing her financial goals. So I'm excited to share this episode with you, even though, yes, there are things that as we talk, as I listened back to this now a year later, I thought, yeah, we would probably be talking about this in a different way now, or at least I know I would. I can't speak for Ashley. I've learned a lot in the last year. I really have. (laughs) And I bet you have too. And, and despite all that, there's still a lot of us out there. And this might be you right now. You might be in this place of like, you know, that you need to be more present for your family. You, you know, that you need to be, you need to have more flexibility for your kids. And yet you're really feeling stuck. You feel like your hands are tied. Like you don't have a choice because being with them more, having more time freedom, more flexibility in your schedule in your mind equals not earning enough money. And as you listen to this conversation today, I invite you to listen again through the lens of 
unlearning what you think you know about what it takes to be successful and earn a great living, not just a decent living, as you'll hear me say in this episode, not just decent, but great. And also have the time freedom to be with your family, to be present with the people that are important to you. And most importantly, to take care of your own health, especially right now, because taking care of your own health in all the ways can really require a lot more than what it did just a few months ago. All right. So before I turn you over to (laughs) the interview portion of this episode, um, I want to let you know that if you want to dive deeper into this topic with me of how to structure your business so that you can have the freedom and the flexibility that you need and want, whether it's for yourself or for the important people in your life, and also have a financially successful business, then the way that you can dive deeper into this with me is by taking the Align Foundations course. And as you're listening to this, if it is August 12th, enrollment is only open now through, it looks like August 14th. So be sure to head over to the show notes for this episode where you can learn more about the Align Foundations course. Go to alignedwomen.com forward slash podcast forward slash episode 167. All right. Now here's Ashley. I'm here with my friend, Ashley Abs. She is a, an acupuncturist in Canada and I always screw up what city you're in. I'll just let you share yeah. a little bit more about you, <laughs> where you are, what you do, and we'll take okay. it from there. Okay, sure. So yeah, I'm uh, Ashley Abs. I uh, live in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and I have private acupuncture practice that focuses on fertility, pregnancy, postpartum, and just women's health in general. I also have another entity to my practice and really my passion, which is in the five elements and how that allows for greater health and embodiment, confidence, while also supporting other practitioners in creating aligned practices and platforms that are in alignment with their soul versus just doing it like we've been taught in school. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, yes, I can totally relate to that. From your experience as an acupuncturist, mine as a chiropractor, there's so many similarities between the two of this is just the traditional model of success. Go do this. Like, why would you do anything different? And for me, I started doing something that was what was expected of me, really. (laughs) Then I just felt like I was dying. Like I had become a mom before starting my practice and was trying to like force myself to do what was supposed to be done, I thought, and achieve the level of success that I thought I was supposed to achieve and have multiple clinic locations and just really go big. And I was literally struggling to get out of bed some days because I was just so exhausted. Yeah, I was the same way. I think like I had kind of a a multi-step into the practice. I I think all of us do. It's an evolution of ourselves to an evolution of our practices. But yeah, I had the same, okay, you got to get to 60 people a week. And then when you get to 60 people a week, then you can hire an associate. And then when your associate's really full, then you can open another location. And I found myself most days when I wasn't working in bed, so anxiety riddled that I just couldn't do anything 
aside from like dread the next time that I would have to go to work. And I remember like counting down. It's like, okay, it's on Wednesday. It's Wednesday today. Okay. I got two more days. I can do it. Okay. And then it's the weekend. And then the countdown would start again. And then knowing that I wanted to be a mom, I was like, okay, I can't do that. I need to slow it down. We moved my practice into our home, but it's still a fairly big space. I still have multi rooms, but I took the pressure off of meeting an associate. And then I was just going to do it all myself. And becoming a mom, I couldn't even keep that up anymore either. And so I had to have a really hard look at my practice and going, do I just like let go of my own kind of ambition and dreams of where I want things to go for myself? Like not even in this like outer practitioner success model, but just I have my own ambitions. And am I going to put those aside and just go get an associate job and just clock in and clock out so I just don't have to care anymore. That also hurt. (laughs) So I had to like break down my practice model into something that actually worked, which for me, which I'm sure we're going to get into a little bit is, you know, I had to go to a boutique model. I had to take way less. I cut my practice in half, charge more than anybody else in the city. And that was the only way that I could move forward. And it's working. It's working for me. So yeah, I work two days a week. It's awesome seeing my patients. I mean, I have other work and I have other things, but it allows me to really like hold space for my practice, really take care of the people that come to see me, but then also have ample time to take care of myself and do the things that really light up other things that light up my soul and also be there for my family to also hold that, you know, like I'm doing this for a reason. So that gets fostered and cultivated as well. I felt a lot of emotion come up in me when you were talking about letting go of your ambitions because there was a really hard phase of my life. And I was actually, I was like coming out of it when we first connected, which I think was through the B school group, so, probably yeah, yeah. where I felt like, okay, I had sold my first practice and it wasn't like I sold it for hundreds of thousands of dollars or something to really like celebrate and be proud of. I just felt like I needed to get out because I, I had had a miscarriage. I was pregnant again. And all I wanted, all I cared about was just making sure that the next baby was healthy mm-hmm. and full term. And, and I didn't care what it took. Like I just put my blinders on and I was like, Let's do whatever I have to do. Mm-hmm. And so everything else needs to go. And yeah. well, I truthfully, I continued teaching part-time at two different schools at that time, <laughs> which, um, <laughs> but I did that because it gave me enough income to support my family. Mm-hmm alongside my husband. It was a really, really hard phase of, of my life where I was like, if I'm not that successful chiropractor that I thought I was going to be, then who the hell am I? And like, did I go through all that education for nothing? And now I have all this student loan debt that comes forward with me that even filing bankruptcy doesn't absolve you of. And so it's like, I'm stuck with that no matter what. <laughs> and actually through B school, which I was accidentally introduced to through the simple green smoothie girls. Okay. Um, (laughs) They were affiliates for the program. And I, I think I had just been like following their, you know, their simple green smoothie recipes online and then saw that they were promoting B school. And I had no idea what that was, but as I learned about what Marie shares in the free training that leads up to the launch of B school, I was like, how has it never occurred to me before to like design my business so that I have a life? Totally. (laughs) Huh. Okay. (laughs) Interesting. And it was probably 
two years after that moment where I could really see, oh, I can actually apply this to practice. I can apply this to practice. And I was already coaching other women in practice at that time. And it was just like all this coming together of like, oh, wait, I can do this. I can do this a lot differently than what I did it this time around. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I found that I took home a lot more money surprisingly. Well, and that's the thing, like we're given this, like, no, this is the only way, this is the only way you're going to make money. And then you struggle and you struggle and you struggle, particularly if it's not in alignment for you. Like some people can take that model and run with it because it really is in alignment to who they are. But a lot of us (laughs) are not that. And we have to work so hard just to get to that edge. And then the deficit to our bodies, our mental health, our, like all of that then piles up. And even if you are making great money, it doesn't equate. Yeah. And so when you can actually say that, like, actually, I made really good money and I, I know I worked, like, I know I showed up, you know, and it's like, I did, but it was, it came with ease because it just was an extension of me rather than something that was like, oh, such a slog every single day. I just had a member of my chiropractic community and the, the program that I created for other women, um, she shared today that she looked at her revenue in her business for the first six months of the year and compared it to what her husband brought home. And they were essentially the same. And he works 40 or more hours a week. And she works like two half days and one full day a week and doesn't do that every week. Sometimes she works a little bit less, I think. But she was like, it was a moment for her where I could tell that she was feeling validated that she could actually have a part-time schedule because she's also a mom of a almost three-year-old and still earn a decent living. I don't know where this concept came from that in order to have a lot of money, you've got to work a lot of hours. I feel like entrepreneurship is actually the opposite for me. Like for me, as I continue to grow, I'm, I look at my business as, and it's not always easy, <laughs> but I look at my business as like, okay, how can I take myself out of it even more? How can I do less work? while it grows. And again, it's not, it's not always easy because sometimes I find myself like, I don't have too much to do right now. (laughs) And then I get really uncomfortable and I start looking for like, well, maybe I should start a new business. Maybe I should um, do this new thing. Maybe I should start a new project. There's probably a lot of things I'm forgetting and my mind just can get carried away with that. Yeah. I mean, our culture in itself is built on this Protestant work ethic that you need to work hard so that you can deserve the fruits of your labor later, 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 you know, and it's like the opportunity of entrepreneurship and the opportunity of being in practice for yourself allows you to be like, I actually can celebrate it now. I've had even some shifts in my, in my own practice and my own business in the last month or so. And it's like, okay, I want even more space. Like this is my life right now. I want more time with my kid. We've let go of daycare as of September. So I'm going to be dropping them off from school to school and picking them up. I want more time. Like this is my life now. I want to live it and embody it and enjoy it now. Not in 20 years down the road when I think that I've earned it. I'm earning it now. It's not even about earning. It's just I'm worthy of it. And really like how do the pieces come together that allow me to create that? And at the same time, celebrating what is showing up right now and noticing where exactly what you said. I too, I'm like, oh, maybe I should go back to school. You know, like when you get oh, out yeah. of the <laughs> <laughs> That school sounds really great. Are you crazy? Right? Like, 
no, but it's like, okay, like actually it's okay to like take your dog for a walk and have a morning off. Even today, like I had planned to like, oh, I'm going to work. And that's, you know, why I took one of the later appointments for, for today. I ended up doing nothing. I took my dog for a walk and I kind of went around the house, did a few things. We're planning a party for tomorrow. So it was like, I did that instead of quote unquote working and it felt really good. And I was like, yeah, it's great. Like I can do this stuff later. What do you want to share about the five elements for mm. those that might be here? And they're like, new to that concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like after working with you over the last, what is it been? I guess almost a year. I feel like I'm, I'm like, yeah, I feel relatively solid. I'm not a master of course, by any means, but I'm like, maybe it was because I took acupuncture training in chiropractic school. I had a hundred hours and we, I don't remember if it was five. Ele- I guess it Probably was. Probably not. They, um, I mean, it's always touched on in school, but even in acupuncture school, like it's not the main focus, particularly in the West a different model was what was marketed for Western acupuncturists to make that popular. So it is a little bit esoteric to a certain extent because it's part of the spirituality of uh, Chinese philosophy, Taoism, which has been kind of removed, unfortunately, from most acupuncture studies. So even a lot of acupuncturists have like kind of a little bit, but at the same time, maybe not a full knowing of it. It's been a long time. It's like been more than 10 years now. And I think that what happened is the instructor that I was training with at that time was teaching from, is there a derivative of like four elements? Because I feel like when I started learning from you, I was like, oh, there's a fifth element. Yeah. So the, the West actually knows the four elements, which is actually Greek. So that's where your astrology and a lot of your, I'm going to speak out of turn so somebody can totally correct me with Ayurvedic. I don't even know if it applies, but your, your Southern South American, their medicines have to do with like the four directions. And then the four, there's the four elements. Um, And the four elements relate to actually how a body decomposes is actually Mm -hmm. where that comes from. It comes from air. It comes from you bury it, you cremate it, you leave it open to the elements, or you send it out on water. So that's where the four elements actually come from. Um, the five elements are kind of more of a uniquely Chinese. And so they have to actually do with the phases. So it's a better translation to look at it as the five phases as opposed to the five elements, because one, they're not as rigid. So which is how the depth of five element medicine can get kind of confusing really quickly it doesn't have to be, but it can sometimes be like, what, where, I'm both, I'm where. So, and that's when I speak of the five elements, we have an alchemy. We have all five elements within us. It's just which ones are most dominant or driving our unconscious the most to create our own happiness and what ourselves are requiring in that to make that so. So as a brief with the five elements, so each of us has a dominant. So there's earth. There's metal, there's water, there's wood, and there's fire. These are personality types. They're a medicine in their own right. They're a constitution in your body. And then they also have a relationship to nature. So most of the metaphors that we can draw on actually come from what you see when the seasons change or how a seed grows or a tree or the water, how it flows. So we can use walking out of your front door as medicine to how how you're finding yourself in this moment right now. 
that said, with regards to practice and working with practitioners, I like to figure out what their dominant element is because that really is where they're going to feel the most at home in their practice. And that might be just at this time. So for women that are becoming moms, they're going to find themselves more predominantly earth. And so they are going to feel this gravitation to be slowing down and creating something that's a little bit smaller. It doesn't mean it'll be there forever. If that's, you know, they have other elements at play or something that's a little bit more dominant normally, but then we also have as a simple kind of direction for that. So for your earth types, if you would identify as an earth type, so your earth types naturally are nurturers, caretakers, it kind of embody that mother energy. They want to really handhold and anticipate everybody's direction throughout the whole process. So boutique style is better for them to do a high volume clinic, to handhold every 60 patients a week or whatever it is, 20 people a day or whatever it is for you. That could feel really exhausting trying to hold space Mm -hmm. for all and anticipate every single person through that day. So a boutique style is going to be more in alignment to that type of individual so that they can really put their efforts in, in nurturing that person the way that they want to nurture them. So, you know, it's maybe you have a higher price, um, they get more access, they get, you know, like, again, knowing your own boundaries of what fits for you. A metal type does really well as either a one-man show where they don't really have to answer to anybody because metals really value competence and adequacy and um, completeness. And so they're, they're perfectionists. <laughs> of, I mean, we all can be, but in particular. Uh, and so they want to know if there's other people in the space that they're also doing a good job because if they're not, they like get out. <laughs> oh, no, people come to my mind. <laughs> <laughs> And that can be a lot of stress when like they feel like they're carrying the whole burden of the clinic just because like they value their reputation and reputation is so important. And so if that feels like it's being undermined, that's a problem. And so in that case, a one man show can, you know, with the support of structures for that as well, can be really good. Another place where metals really can thrive again, is especially if they have other interests outside of their practice is to be an associate so that they can go in, do a really good job, treat their patients really well, and also have time and space to write their book, do the research, you know, go teach, or they also can be amazing artists. So have their time to go and do art or, you know, and whatever that means to that person. Yeah. Right. Your water type is They like to go with the flow. They also value freedom. They value authenticity and they value freedom. And so water types can really flow into a lot of different practice models, but they also need adequate time and space to be by themselves. So they need to be able to know that they can go on a holiday whenever they want, you know, to be able to like, and I like this, I'm good. Now I'm going to go like, I'm planning my five week vacation now and I'm going to be surfing in Bali. And then I'm going to come back and be back in my practice. Like that's important. So another really great thing for waters is to do retreats where like they want to do the deep dive, like they're the philosophers and the dreamers and the big thinkers. And like they hold a lot of knowing and wisdom. And so they want to be able to go deep into people's darkest places to support them in their transformation. But they also need to not do it all the time. Yeah. They may not be the hand holder like the earth. 
you know, so like, and then we can look at teams of practice, right. Of what's, what are good collaborators, you know, they may not be the hand holder, but they might be the one that like really does like that day long immersion. And then like, okay, I'll see you later in six weeks, you know, go do your work. <laughs> you know, I stirred all this stuff up, but now like you got to go do that on your own. Come back to me when you need to go back down. Right. And that can be really supportive. And again, then it provides this time freedom for a water to just go and do their thing, go and think and dream and read books and all that good stuff. And a wood is the show me the money type. It is the multi, it is the one that we all are taught is the way. And wood types are very confident and persuasive and leaders and pioneers. And so their way is the right way, which is part of the reason why we feel that pressure because like we believe them, right? right. And our culture really like, with regards to wood types, like even most of your motivational speakers are wood types. Like they can just get you going and like, yeah, I'm going to break through all my habits. And then you get home. You're like, what do I do when I'm by myself and my own thoughts? Right. So your wood type is really well supported to have that, like go getter, have multi associates do lots of patients if they choose to. The other thing with woods is they're really great delegators. So while they may have put in the effort in the beginning, they also can see that they can also step out, right? And then they have all their associates do their, really run their practice with a really great clinic manager. And then they're also then writing their books and doing their things and sharing all the ways in which this model works, right? So it just, like, it builds on each other and like, amazing, good for them. It's just not me. It's like, oh my God, I'm so tired. Uh, (laughs) Like, it's just not my my way because I'm not a wood. I have very, very little wood in my chart. And then your fires, your fires are again, a catalyst. They want fun and pleasure. And like, they are connectors and collaborators. Fires, fires know everybody. Like they make friends with every single person that they ever meet in the coffee shop. Oh my God. Now you're my best friend. And not like in a weird way, but like just genuinely, they like they just know everybody because they just have such an open heart and this willingness to engage and they're funny and, and they belong on stage. Mm. Like that is the reality is your fires belong on stage. They belong in this, like, again, kind of like that water place less in this like deep dive, but more of like, I'm going to stir things up. I'm going to inspire you. I'm going to lift you up and make you like really feel your heart's desire and then kind of mic dropping out. <laughs> Again, please go to the next earth that you find so that they can like walk you through all of the, you know, or the metal that can walk you through all of the transformation that you need to do. So again, they can do all of the other, you know, practice types, but they really do need to be able to be center stage. They need to be the star of the practice or the star in some capacity of their life where they're the one that bring people in and they get to like share, you know, share their spotlight. And without that, their inner light is a little bit dimmed. And then they kind of lose sight of who they are and what they want. And really to witness a fire losing their spark is really heartbreaking. And so it's really about like, okay, let's get it back. And ultimately we all in some capacity kind of lose our spark a bit, particularly as we come into motherhood and that kind of thing. So it's about refining our own, even if you're not a fire, is to find that again, where we can be, you know, the star of our practice. But for a fire, it's even going to be like, they see lights, you know, like in a stage and 
lots of people and rightfully so because they belong in front of it. So I hope that did a a good little summary of that. And then to say just, we have an alchemy. So we're not just one. So it's like, we don't have to just pick one and stay there. We -hmm. have this ever evolving evolution of our own selves. And to support that, it's like, for me, it's like, I really love the deep dives. I'm I'm more of an earth and a water. So like, I love to handhold and support a small group of people, but I also need lots of time. I need lots of time by myself or lots of time without my family because I like to write. That's really, I'm a writer. So I need the time to just be able to think and go for walks and be with my own thoughts. So, you know, you get to hold space for all of the parts of you, not just, not just the practitioner, because the reality is yourself has to come first. Yes. Amen to that. I mean, that's the whole reason that we're here is because there are so many of us that are not putting ourselves first, not making ourselves first and doing it in the name of lots of things. Success. I have to work hard now to have the reward later. If I don't take care of people, then who will do it for them? Mm-hmm. You know, I just posted a video yesterday in my free group that's specifically for women in chiropractic about this philosophy that we have in chiropractic that it's sort of a mantra, chiropractic saves lives. Well, you could apply this to any healing profession, like massage therapy saves lives. I don't know if that's a thing in massage therapy, but it is a thing in chiropractic that has been around for over a hundred years. And what we have done is we've taken this chiropractic saves lives, the art of chiropractic saves lives, and we've made it, I'm a chiropractor. I have to save people. And I better not worry about myself. I just need to go save people. Mm -hmm. And because there are so many women who are raising families and trying to save all the other people, they're ignoring themselves. I've had this on my mind for a couple of weeks now. It just came to me sort of like out of nowhere, you know, how those things do that we need to stop focusing on saving lives and lead lives Mm -hmm. and start with our own first so that we can be the example essentially for how we want our patients to be living their lives. And I was at first, I was like, I can't say this in a public way, (laughs) but then I shared the video yesterday and I was just like, okay, nobody has like sent me any hate mail or anything. I guess it's not that outlandish of an idea. Although there might be people, you know, that just haven't heard it yet that would be like angry (laughs) about the concept But the truth is that there are so many women in my space who have shared with me, especially this week, that they've had chronic health issues going on and they've had functional labs done that have shown autoimmune conditions in particular. That's the thing that keeps coming up. Mm -hmm. And these autoimmune conditions, like we know now that they don't just arise, (laughs) right? It's like this chronic ignoring of your own needs that leads to these issues. And then it brings us to a point where we no longer have a choice. We have to start putting our self-care first. And it's unfortunate, I guess, maybe that there are so many of us that find ourselves in this place where it's like do or die almost. It's like you have to now take care of yourself. If you're going to be able to take care of your children and run your business, there's no other way. And I, I would love for us to see that shift, you know, so that we're more proactive. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, at some point we're going to have to break that cycle, right? Like we have to break the cycle of where we have to be sick so that we can get well. 
I mean, and let's face it, like most autoimmune conditions are invisible. And so I think in some places, like at least I've seen in my practice and among my friends where it's like, you kind of want them because then you think that you might have an excuse to like have a break and not that you want them, but you know, it's like, there's this piece. It's like, Oh, but if then I can like, then I can take care of myself and then I can like do it. And the reality is, is that, you know, and a part of it is like, then I can get attention from my husband or like get support or like, and it's like, but how about you just articulate that you need the support or how about you just start taking care of yourself in the way that your body needs to be taken care of. And then you don't have to get sick. But I mean, I think we're just so ingrained for women specifically that the only way we're going to have our needs met is if we are unable to take care of everybody else. And then really in like three months later, you're still taking care of everybody else and you're sick. So it's like, it just doesn't end. So yeah, I too would like to see that cycle. It's like self has to be first. I have this thing that I wrote and it's sitting on my thing and I'm looking at it right now. It's like our willingness to sit with our own stuff and find our self-responsibility with it deepens our capacity to hold our clients with compassion and empathy and holding them to their own self-responsibility of choosing love and taking care of themselves. And it's like, we have to do it first. We have to lead. And we are in this time where we get to create practices. Like we really do. Like if you ignore the noise, you get to create practices in the life that are going to be best supportive to who you are. And that is the best thing that you could do for one, yourself, your family, and your patients. Like they will thrive because you are thriving not this other way around where we have this, like, I'm helping all my patients be well. And yet I'm, you know, suffering or I'm broke yes. or I'm, you know, whatever it is. Right. And it's like, you're watching all these other people have these amazing lives and yet you're not. And it's like, let's change that. Like lead first. Were yeah. you reading this quote or were you like pulling it out of your mind? No, it's like right in front of me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you need to like make that, you know, like a meme or something. <laughs> That's like a quotable for sure. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Really, at the end of the day, there's no shortage of people that need support for themselves in whatever way you offer it, whether it's acupuncture, massage therapy, um, homeopathy, chiropractic, whatever you do, there's plenty of people that need our care. Absolutely. But we have to be resourced in order to offer it. And so it's just, it's just time. Like if we want to make a big impact and change in our communities, we have to start with ourselves first. Yes. I'm like preaching to myself here. <laughs> I know, me too. And I, I, mean, I think we also like need to like, it doesn't need to be perfect. Like you don't have to have like this like perfect thing before you can start, but it's just no. in this like evolution of you is only going to like deepen your relationship and your capacity to be able to support your patients and support yourself in your life. You're going to get more out of it because in a lot of ways, I think just going back to something that you were, you were talking about before, it's like where we have this like wrapped up self-worth is tied to how well we do and how well people, I see that all the time with, especially with new practitioners. And it's like, they got better. It's like, and now I feel good. And then it's like that, Oh, I think I did something wrong and now I feel crappy. And it's like to like compassionately detach from their, your patient's outcomes that you are so good. Like you are like, and that comes from putting yourself first. That's really hard to unwind your self-worth 
from those outcomes if you're yes. not willing to put yourself first. Else it's constantly going to be this like ebb and flow of, I feel awesome in my practice. Tomorrow I want to quit. The next day I feel good. And this back and forth of in and out, wondering if this profession is for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. There's one more thing that I want to talk to you about yeah. before we wrap up, which is if you can speak a bit more about how you balance the two parts of your professional life, because you have your practice where you are actually delivering care and then you have the other side of your business, or they might be two separate businesses where you're supporting other practitioners. And I know a lot of women who want to be doing that and they're like, how do you do both? (laughs) And right now I'm not doing both. So you could probably speak to this better than I can. So I, I, and I think there's probably a lot of things to that, but part of it is choice. I mean, especially when you're starting out, the reality is, is you're always going to be drawn to where you're making the money. And when something is new, like I've been thinking back like years ago when I started working with practitioners, it's like, oh, but I can make more money in my practice. So I'm just going to go back there. And then you have this constant in and out of it where you're not feeling super great about this direction that you want to go, that you feel really called to go. But at the same time, like it's not where you're making any money, maybe at the beginning. And at the same time, like you still have to choose it. You still have to take the time to actually be present in it. And yes, maybe you give one client, two clients, a couple, maybe you have a small group program, you know, and then at the same time you have this, like, you know, like for me, when that, at that time is like, and then my practice kind of like, exploded in its own way. And I was like, Oh crap, like, where do I put my energy? And it's like, but I still, I love my practice. But for me to still love my practice, it really has to stay in its boundaries of how many days can I be with those people? I only see so many people a week, period. If I'm full and full, they have to go next week. I can't try and get them in so that I can make more money. It doesn't work for me. It falls apart every single time it falls apart. And so that I still have time that is dedicated to the other side of my practice. And I see it as both. Like to me, it's both. And like now it's like, it's all my practice. So -hmm. when I have one-on-one sessions with people, like they count in my people that I see in a week. Right. And, and it's melded together in that same way, but I do have clinic days and I have days that are designated for writing and hours that are designated for clients so that I actively choose to be in that time. So that's part of it is just, it's just choice. If it's important to you, it's in making the decision that you're going to show up for it, even if it doesn't have a return on investment right now, because it will, if you make the time for it, because then you're going to be thinking of ideas and and new things are going to come in. Like I'm currently writing my book and one of my mentors, she's like, sometimes you just need to like have a writing day where you don't write. You know, it's like, you just, you're sitting in the idea of writing, right? (laughs) And that's when like some amazing stuff happens and no, it doesn't totally make it like it's a scribble on a piece of paper. Um, (laughs) But it's like the most profound thing that came just from like, I'm just going to sit in my chair for the next hour and a half. And maybe I'll like whip up my computer and all these words are going to come in, but I might just also just sit here and allow, I mean, in Chinese medicine, we call it Wu Wei, the art of non-doing allows this like you know, descend from the heavens kind of idea of like, "Ah!" and we have to make space for that. And if we don't make space for it, it's not going to happen. So yeah, I think that's probably my best answer is that you just got to choose. And yes, maybe there's no money in it yet. 
but you still got to choose it if you want it. Yeah. The Wu Wei, we call it white space in my program for chiropractors. It is the challenge for people like us that are used to having the validation of having someone right there in front of you that you do your work with, who then says, thank you so much. I feel so much better. And that was great. And then you move on to the next person who, for the most part, probably says something very similar, (laughs) right? And then you go into this realm of writing a book or creating a program or a course. And a lot of the work now is just sit still and be quiet. And there's no one there telling you, this is the right thing to do, or you did a great job, or this helped me so much. It's a way different process and energy. It is. And you have to be able to notice when you're like, particularly if it's money driven, like for me, a lot of times it was, and it's like, it's always easier to chase the carrot of the next client that's going to come in. Sure. I'll fit you in. I got nothing going on. Like, yeah, let's make, let's make a hundred bucks. Like the tendency and the draw of that, like that immediate gratification. And for us, it's like treating someone and getting paid and having them say we're awesome. Yeah. It's always going to trump that white space, Wu Wei stillness. And to acknowledge it and go, you know what? It's like to the point where you're like, eh, it's only a hundred bucks. No, you can come tomorrow when I'm actually working. And this is important too. How did you become so clear and firm in your boundaries around what role you're in at what time? And even just like the number of people you support in one week. To me, that's always been energetic. So like back in the day when I, did a lot of, I've had front staff. I've had in my old clinic space, I had renters and like lots of stuff going on and and front staff people that supported me. And, you know, I could do a lot of people. I could see about 40, 50 people a week and I treat for an hour. So multi rooms over four days. And then I went to my, by myself again. And I was like, I don't remember people's names. If I see over 35. Like that was one of the things like, they would come in and go, uh, hi, and no clue until they pick up uh-huh. the chart. Right. And I was like that yeah. as an earth specifically, that's a problem because then I feel like I haven't already anticipated and I haven't thought about them and like that they're an afterthought. And that is really hard for my earth to have be interfaced with that. I was like, I need to know their names. I need to have been able to like know who's coming in and anticipate who's coming in. And so then I kind of dwindled once I had my child, once I had my son, I couldn't see more than 25. That was, again, I, I couldn't remember their names. So <laughs> it's like, so honestly, that, that, that was part of it. And then now I see about 20 patients a week, two days a week. And it's just a good number. If I see more than that, my body acts up because I have some physical stuff. So it hurts. And then I don't sleep well. I can remember their names. I feel really good about the treatments that I can be really present for them. I can anticipate them. I have the time to do the notes and the, you know, the pre-work and the look at their, you know, because that's also part of it. If you don't have the time to do the admin, then you're seeing too many patients or you need to start delegating pieces. And for me, it's always been energetic. It's never been like a formula of this many people equals this. It's just, how does that feel? And yeah, my sweet spot is 18 to 20 people. And that's, that's good for me. So it's about paying attention to how you feel and honoring it really. Yeah. 
Not yeah, saying. I mean, it's, it's always easier to like, oh yeah, I'll take you. And then in some capacity, like, yeah, in, in the immediate, it's fine. But it's like, how did that flow to like, oh, the next day I didn't have the energy to sit, you know, I was too distracted or I was too antsy and I, I didn't feel like writing or I didn't feel like doing the other things. And I just wanted to like numb out on Instagram or, you know, like that kind of stuff. Like to me, I see that as well as a connection of like, if I didn't honor my boundary of how many patients I saw and held the container for them it leaks out in weird ways in the other times when I'm wanting to be spending another time doing other things that I love. Yes. I hear you. Yeah. It is like, um, okay. An example, I have uh, one person in particular that comes to my mind. She would get a, a big influx of new patients into her practice and she would see like seven, eight, nine, 10 new patients in one week. And then she would be excited and like feel really like high almost with this big influx of new people. And it satisfied that sense of doing a great job. And then the following week, she'd feel like shit because she had this huge stack of intake paperwork to finish. And then like all the billing that had to go along with the insurance patients. And then she would be like, I don't like, I don't even have space for new patients this week because I'm just like so overwhelmed with all the stuff from last week. And I was like, how about we put a limit on how many new patients you take in one week? And she was really resistant to the idea. Like, well, then they'll have to wait longer. I was like, Uh then they'll have to wait longer. And it's okay. (laughs) I just let that be okay. Ashley, if someone would like to learn more about what you do with the embodied alchemy method, I'm assuming that, that you'll have another group program. Yeah, uh, it's been paused for a little bit, but yes, there will be, there will be another mentorship probably looking at more like 2020 for it just because I am my boundary right now is my practice showing up for my practice and my book. So um, yes, but you can find me at ashleyabs.com. There is a wait list. Yeah. If there's people that are wanting it and we'll, then we'll maybe look at it sooner than that. And there's also, if you want to investigate how your element type, like to find that is an alignment to your practice. You can also find it on ashleyabs.com. That's the quiz, right? Where you can take the quiz, you find yeah. your alchemy, and then you have some suggestions about what to do with it after that. Yeah. So the, the, main, the main one on my site is for just in general, just so you can find out what your alchemy means. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is one that's specifically written for practitioners about their practice blueprints. Ashleyabs.com slash quiz is for the main alchemy type. So you just get to like find out about your personality, your strengths, where your deficiencies are, um, those little quirks. So you know, why you are the way you are. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. All right. Thank awesome. you so much for everything that you've shared today. I, I always love talking with you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm honored to be on. Thank you. Thank you again for joining me for this episode of the Aligned Women Podcast. If you love this show, please share your favorite episode with another woman in chiropractic. Think of your classmates and the woman who practice near you. Is there one who you know is tired, overwhelmed, exhausted, or just burned out? If so, let her know about the Aligned Women podcast right away. And if you love what you hear on this show and want more insight into Aligned Women's proven method for women in chiropractic on how you can have more time freedom and more financial freedom, how you can build a practice full of the right patients, not just more of them, and how you can feel confident that you're making the impact you were born to make as a chiropractor, be sure to grab the Aligned Chiropractor's Survival Guide at alignedchirosurvivalguide.com. Thanks again for listening and see you next week.